You have to wonder how much all this increasing pressure that we're seeing put on our Canadian banks are going to hurt share prices. Also, how will the U.S. Fed react to this week's inflation numbers? Uh, Boeing shares, they're down sharply this morning. Canada added 100 jobs in December. The U.S. job report was much stronger. And prepare to pay more for your cell coverage in 2024. Today is Monday, December the 8th, 2024. Let's get started with today's news. Canada's biggest banks, they have certainly been under a lot of pressure for the past year or so. And we saw that reflected in their share prices last year, where things were, you know, coming down quite a bit until later in the year when they made a nice recovery uh, starting sort of November, December-ish. But the sector is certainly facing new challenges here in 2024. There are, in particular, a number of new tax and regulatory changes that are going to be putting a lot of pressure on the profits. I want to cover a few of those off in today's video. Uh, first of all, in June last year, the Office of the Superintendent of Financial Institutions, OSFI as it's generally called, um, they increased the capital requirements on the banks that they are required to have on hand. Um, the domestic stability buffer increased from 3% to 3.5%. Now this increase took effect in November and it now takes the common equity tier one, so CET1 ratio um, to 11.5% up from the previous 11%. Um, OSFI superintendent, uh, Peter Rutledge, he noted that Canadian households and companies are still pretty highly indebted and this makes the generation or the population generally uh, more vulnerable to economic shocks. He added that he feels that Canadian banks have shown signs of strength. And he said, we need to leverage this window of opportunity to take further action to bolster the resilience of our financial system. In other words, OSFI is buying more insurance for financial stability at an opportune time. Another big change that was introduced last year is an amendment to the Tax Act, and this is going to result in the banks and insurance company counting dividends as business income. So currently there's what's called the dividend received deduction, and this allows corporations to deduct dividends received from shares of Canadian corporations. That results in the exclusion of the dividends from income. The new measure would apply to dividends received after 2023, and it would increase federal revenues by about $3.15 billion over five years, starting in this 2024-25 year, and by about $790 million thereafter. Then on top of that, you've got the permanent change, which affects the entire sector's income tax rate. That goes up by 1.5 percentage points. It is now 16.5% on taxable profits of more than $100 million. And this will raise an additional $2.25 billion again over the next five years. You've also got the 2% proposed share buyback tax that is effective of January 1st of this year. That's going to apply to net value of repurchases of equities by public companies. So there's certainly a lot going on from a tax perspective. Also, there is a lot of talk that the government's going to start taking action against certain banking fees or what they're calling junk fees. And these are hidden fees that often surprise customers. So we're talking about things like certain service fees people aren't used to, um, some overdraft fees. I think you should be uh, used to, or you should be aware of those, but some people apparently are not. Um, when you look at things like minimum deposit or minimum balance fees, uh, those types of things, um, this I think will be a great uh, headline for the customers. I mean, people love to hate on the banks, but obviously the fees are a contributor to bank profits, and I feel that they will also take a hit from that perspective. Um, in the past few months, we've already seen uh, Canada's uh, anti-money laundering watchdog, the Financial Transactions Reports Analysis Centre of Canada, commonly known as FinTrack. They've levied fines against both Royal Bank and CIBC for various violations. We can expect the oversight in those areas to remain vigilant. And TD Bank also has uh, existing pending uh, legislation regarding anti-money laundering violations uh, that are outstanding 
in the US. So when we add all of these things up here, there's no doubt that the extra costs are going to hit the bank's bottom lines. As a Bank of Montreal analyst so capably sums up um, everything in a note to clients, the shifting regulatory environment does not bode well for the Canadian banks, with the shift resulting in higher effective tax rates and higher capital requirements. All eyes are going to be on the December U.S. inflation numbers, which are coming out on this Thursday. Uh, whatever comes out from there, it's definitely going to have the potential to give us further clues as to whether the federal bank is going to start uh, cutting their interest rates anytime soon. Currently, markets are pricing in about a 95% chance that the Fed will hold rates with their next meeting, which is later this month. That's a 5.25 to 5% range. But there's now a 61% chance that the Fed will uh, start cutting rates um, in March. Obviously, a lot of that is going to hinge upon the uh, upcoming inflation report. So when these numbers are released on Thursday, the markets are expecting uh, the rate to accelerate to 3.2%. Uh, from the 3.1% that we saw in November, core inflation is seen as easing to 3.8% from 4%. Shares of Boeing were down about 8% out of the gate this morning after the U.S. Federal Aviation Administer grounded 171 of Boeing's 737 MAX 9 airplanes. And this comes uh, after a cabin panel blew out of a MAX 9, which had just taken off from Portland, Oregon, en route down to Ontario, California. Uh, none of the 171 passengers or six crew members on board were seriously injured. Interesting, there's 171 of these planes flying around, 171 passengers on that airplane. I don't know the odds of that. Um, here's what gets me though. Because of some indications that previous crew members had received about possible uh, pressurization problems on the aircraft, they weren't using it for flights to Hawaii. They decided, this being Alaska Airlines, they decided that they would restrict flying on long flights over water so the plane could return to an airport quickly if the warning light reappeared. Uh, I'm no aviation expert, but there's just something about that that feels wrong to me in general. Um, if the plane ha had been a few thousand feet higher than it was, uh, the incident obviously would have been much more catastrophic uh, than it turned out to be. Thankfully, everybody returned back to the gate safely. As you might imagine, the FAA ordered that all of this particular aircraft is grounded uh, until they could be further inspected. In the U.S., currently only Alaska Airlines and United Airlines actually fly the MAX 9 in their fleets. Uh, of course, now Boeing, think back a few years, they have had their 737 MAX 8 problems, which were taken out of service for 20 months back in 2019 and 2020. That cost them billions of dollars. Uh, more importantly, it further damaged their reputation for safety. I recognize that not everyone can catch every one of our YouTube videos, but we've got you covered. Did you know that you can listen to all of our YouTube videos in podcast format? So maybe you're out driving, maybe you're out for a walk, or maybe you're just having trouble falling asleep and want some stimulating economic news. Um, every video that we post on YouTube also has a podcast version, so you can go ahead and look us up on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, or Spotify. Or if reading is your thing, you can subscribe to our Pulse newsletter, which comes out every weekend. Canada's job market ended 2023 with a whimper. The country added 100 net new jobs in the month, which was a huge disappointment following uh, robust gains of 25,000 new jobs in November. The estimates were that we'd see around 13,500 new jobs in the last month of 2023. So to end up virtually flat obviously came as a surprise. Full-time jobs, they rose by 23,500 in the month, but they were offset with the loss of 23,600 part-time positions. The unemployment rate, that remained at 5.9%. That's the same as in November. It ended the year uh, up from the 5% that we started with back in January. Now, in a rather stark contrast to our domestic jobs picture here, U.S. non-farm payrolls, they grew by 216,000 in December. That far exceeded the consensus forecast of 170,000 jobs. 
both Rogers and Bell, they're expected to raise the cost of their wireless plans early this year, uh, with Rogers recently announcing an increase of average of $5 a month, effective with bills that are issued after January 17th. Uh, the price hikes, however, could be as high reportedly as $9 a month in some cases. The changes, they're not going to apply to those customers who already have existing contracts. So if you have a contract now, you're good to go. But the uh, price hikes probably are designed to inspire those who aren't on a plan to make those changes and lock in the contracts now. A Rogers spokesperson said, we are committed to delivering mobile and residential services with the highest standard of quality and reliability to bring our customers the best network experience. Also in an earlier report, several Bell customers, they said that they were notified that they will see price hikes effective February 2024 in the range of $6 a month. According to an email, Bell explained the price increase by saying Bell is continuously investing to provide world-class services, reliable connections, and to support the rapidly increasing network demand. According to data that was compiled by S3 Partners Research, investors in US and Canada who bet against the markets in 2023 saw paper losses of $194.9 billion over the course of the year. And in what has to be in writing for the financial quote of the year, the firm says 2023 was an exceedingly difficult year for short sellers. When we think back a year ago, there were still lots of uncertainty. We think of the economic headwinds that were facing the markets. We think of interest rates, uh, they're still rising at the time. Inflation was still running at around 6.5%. The general consensus was that we would see a recession at some point during the year. Lots of reasons for people to uh, bet against the markets. The only question was, you know, sort of how bad would it be? As it turns out, of course, that never materialized. The pain for short sellers, well, that was led by the Magnificent Seven, of course. Uh, companies like Net Tesla, NVIDIA, Apple, Meta, Microsoft, Amazon, they all resulted in huge losses for the short sellers. The top five most painful trades in 2023, Tesla, $12.2 billion was lost by short sellers. NVIDIA, $11.2 billion. Apple, $7.3 billion. Meta, $6.6 billion. And Microsoft, $5.6 billion was lost by short sellers. Now, personally, I have never sold a stock short. I have no plans to do so. Uh, of course, when you think of short selling, you think back to Michael Burry, who proved that you can make a ton of money if you make the right call. Uh, but the risk of the downside is significant. And unless you've got very deep, and I mean like very, very deep pockets, uh, this is a sport that's probably better left for the pros. I will put a link in the description of this video for our Pulse newsletter, which comes out every weekend. I will also put a link for our Investing Academy. Thank you for watching this video. We'll see you on Wednesday.